Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Serious Issues is brought to you by the good people over at Movement Watches. Archie, do you have a watch? Yeah. No. No. Would you like a watch? Yes. Well, do you know that if you go to movement.com slash serious issues, you can get 15% off with free shipping and free returns, a very brand new and special movement watch. Do you want to yeah. do 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 watch for Christmas? Yes. How about just 15% of a watch? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you know what maths is yet? No. No. Um, yes. You do? Oh, good. Okay, great. Well, anyway, uh, if you're listening right now and you want a good deal and a good watch, go to movement.com slash serious issues and pick yourself up a watch. Hey, everybody, this is Levins. Just letting you know that this episode was recorded a little bit differently than usual. Uh, my kids are at home sick. Tilly is sick. Tilly, are you sick? You feeling good? Archie, how about you? You feeling good? No. No? Yes, yes. Oh, good. That's good. Um, so I had to record. Oh, yes. <laughs> I had to record this episode with Siobhan over Skype. <laughs> And her uh, her phone, much like my, my microphone is picking up the background music, my microphone noise at my house right now. Her phone was picking up the background noise at her house. <laughs> and um, you can <laughs> you can hear um, her like you know patting her baby's bottom to go to sleep. You can hear cars in the background. At one point, you can hear Nate cooking a steak. Um, you can still totally hear her very clearly. Probably more clearly than you can hear me right now. But uh, I just thought if anyone was wondering what those weird noises in the episode are. <laughs> that's what they are. Anyway, on with the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if anyone's a babysitter, get in touch so I can record this podcast. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another incredible episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast coming to you live out of Sydney. Usually we record at King's Comics um, in Sydney, which is 310 Pitt Street, where we, where we get all the books that we review every single week. But this week we are we're, we're doing it from our, 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 the privacy of our own homes um, nice. over, over Skype um, because uh, children get sick. Turns out. Uh, um, which is a very rare, it's a reoccurring segment on this on this podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, my name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And uh, every week we review all of the uh, new books that came out last week. We kick off every single episode by reviewing number ones, which we'll do in a minute. We're also going to be reviewing uh, the finale of uh, the final finale, the second finale of, uh, <laughs> of Secret Empire. We're going to be saying farewell to one of our favorite underrated series. Uh, and welcoming back some characters that we haven't seen in a while. 
It's going to be a fun show. Um, and uh, if you like fun shows, you should definitely uh, check your feed because immediately after uploading this episode, I'm going to upload our special Q&A episode that we recorded uh, cool. last week. Um, it was a Patreon exclusive and uh, now it's going to go up uh, for everyone to listen to. Uh, so if you, uh, you want to hear uh, Siobhan and I answer a bunch of very funny questions as submitted by all of our listeners, there's like... Like I think we did. Like we, we probably we probably answered more questions than we do review eight books each week, and we normally review about fifty books each week. So you can it's a it's a fun and long show. <laughs> um, and and if you uh, want us to do more things like that, please uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash serious issues podcast. Siobhan, this episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast, the name of this goddamn show, is brought to you by two of our very very cool and handsome <laughs> listeners. Um, and they are Aiden Lentz. Oh, he is handsome. Um, is he really? I don't know. I assume. <laughs> With a name like Lentz. Yeah, you got to assume. Um, and uh, and someone who I can I, I can absolutely attest to the handsomeness of. I've met him in person, uh, Reynaldo Guzmando. Um, Guzmando. He I'm is sorry. handsome. We, we, we have a penchant. <laughs> he is very handsome. I hope the fact that I may have fucked your last name up um, is negated by the fact that I said you were handsome. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you are. If you want to really, really thank Reynaldo for uh, supporting us on Patreon and helping this episode become possible, uh, the best thing you can do is actually go and find his podcast, mm. which is called Into the Into the Night, and it's all about Moon Night. He hosts um, he hosts the podcast with another uh, listener of Serious Issues. He's a lot more than just a listener of this podcast. Like I'm sure he does other things. Yeah. But uh, Connor, <laughs> um, who is someone that I'm sure we'll be thanking in uh, in in future weeks. But uh, thank you so much to uh, those great listeners. If you want to. Uh, Become a listener who we in turn thank in the future. Serious Issues is on Patreon. Look us up and uh, help support. Um, now, on with the show, Siobhan. Let's kick things off. We've got a massive week. I struggled to uh, read all the books. I didn't. I powered through everything. That's amazing. You're... I have a lot of free time, apparently. You're housebound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, more like it. <laughs> so it's it's not really the first of, of of a series, but it is the it's the it's the finale of a series, and because it's Marvel, they slapped a fucking number one on it. Um, should we review Secret Empire Omega number one as our first book of the week in First Things First? Absolutely. So this is written by Nick Spencer with art by Andrea Sorrentino, who was probably like the, the strongest thing about this entire series. When all the issues that he did the art on, I thought were, the, were mm-hmm. the best. And I think the series as a whole would have been better if he just did the entire thing, personally. I agree. Um, uh, we've also got art on this one by Joe Bennett. Um, this is uh, the, the thing that Marvel do um, after each event is they have a long conversation between two characters who had a fight at some point in the, in, in the event. And, um, you know, if you've loved uh, Iron Man talking to dead Captain America, or if you've loved Captain <laughs> America talking to dead Iron Man, how about Captain America talking to evil Captain America? Compelling. Tell uh, me yeah, more. I, yeah. So uh, this was a, a strange issue that um, I guess is kind of like to set up what happens next in the Marvel Universe. And all I kind of got from this was that like now people don't trust Captain America yeah except they kind of do because they saw him punching other Captain America and nothing's actually changed I don't yeah I don't find that a very compelling future for for Captain America Um, especially like if if that's what Mark Wade and Chris Sumney are going to have to deal with in their run because they're taking over the book next like I I like those creators best when they're doing like a really fun adventure um, kind of book but if it's like the world doesn't trust Captain America. 
I don't know. I don't really want that. I feel like a more fun angle. Like I could imagine Mark Wade and Chris Amney doing a great job of there's a clone evil Captain America going around. That could be kind of fun. I mean, didn't we just have that? Wasn't that that's literally just described what Secret Empire was? <laughs> no, but now was. there's two. But now there's two. <laughs> oh, right, there's two. There's two at one time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I guarantee you that will be a part of Captain America's uh, story at some point very soon. Yeah, I kind of um, like it. I kind of like that. I don't know why now it suddenly appeals to me. I was like, that's pretty funny that there's just two Captain Americas. Evil Captain America on his own, no thank you. Two Captain Americas, yes please. <laughs> a yin and a yang at Captain America. Yes. We're on board. Um, what do you think of Secret Empire as a whole? I think it was alright. I'm sure like I was um, more harsh about single issues at the time. But I... Yeah, I think as a whole I quite enjoyed it. I think that Nick yeah. Spencer was like trying to actively say something and it was like a pretty interesting concept for Marvel Comics at this point in time. Um, yeah. I, um, I wish I, I wish it had had a consistent art direction. I wish that Sorrentino had done the whole thing because I think his stuff is so it. strong from a design standpoint um, that it really, like, it really would have made it exceptional. Um, but, you know, it was, it was okay. Pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think... Um... I think you know. I, I don't really think it's a it's a it's a great way to critique something by comparing it to other things, like you know, yeah. like by saying, well, it wasn't as bad as this. But I think you know, when it comes to it was Marvel definitely better events, than Civil War too. That's right, and a step in the right direction, I guess. It it, it told it told a full story. Yeah. Um, and it didn't it didn't just exist to set up a bunch of future stuff. Like you know, yep. on one hand, you can be disappointed that you know that this issue as in particular didn't really like tease much exciting stuff of what's to come yeah but um uh yeah um at least it told a full story that you can you can just end now and that's it you can you could, you could essentially never read a marvel comic again and have no yeah. uh, burning questions unanswered i mean you could say that uh, i thought you're gonna say and have no like ill effects to your life and i was like you can <laughs> say that about pretty much every single comic ever so Marvel said goodbye to uh, one beloved franchise. Actually, not really beloved. Mm. They, said, they said goodbye to one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as they did that, they said hello to something else. They said welcome back to something else. Um, and that is Runaways. Oh, yeah. The uh, Brian K. Vaughan uh, series from, God, it must have been over a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, that introduced the concept of a bunch of uh, teenagers whose uh, parents were supervillains. But one of them was like a mutant. One of them was an alien. One of them had like uh, access to dark magic. One of them had access to tech. One of them had access um, really... to a dinosaur. That's right, of course. The best one. Um, and uh, and actually, that was one of the first Marvel series I ever read in full. I think. Yeah, same, same. Runaways is one of those rare um, Marvel runs that you can kind of recommend without having to know a huge amount of Marvel history. Like it just kind of works as a concept, and then Wolverine shows up. Yeah, Hilarious. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Like it's reasonably standalone. Um, At least the Brian so this Kevon week. So, yeah, the Brian Kevon, like you know, it's a beloved run. People yeah. love that run. I love that run. I love that run. Um, and and uh, it's been brought back um, a couple times. The characters have kind of showed up in different uh, other books um, in in the time since that series finished. Uh, but now Runaways is officially returning um, with the creative team of Rainbow Rowell uh, writing it, Chris Anker on art duties uh, with colors by Matt Wilson, um, and. Uh, I loved this. Yeah, yeah, like I, I, uh, 
yeah, I, I I was really really concerned because of my love for that for this series. Um, I thought maybe they wouldn't nail the tone or it would hone in on things that you know. I don't know. I just thought that I was just really worried about the, the voices of these characters not being matched properly. Absolutely. This is the first post Brian K. Vaughan Runaways story that I've read that nails the voice for me. Do you count Avengers Arena in that? Because you know, Chase was in but Avengers yes, Arena. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, that, that was another good one too. That was good. Um, so this one, um, uh, look, I mean, I, we should say from the get-go, the only reason you, you would maybe not like this is if you haven't read the first series. Yes. Do not go, oh, I've heard good things about Runaways. I might read this you know, number, new number one. It is a lousy starting point. That's true. Um, it, 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 it entirely <laughs> relies on everything that comes before it. Yeah. But, like, if you haven't read any Runaways stuff after the Brian Cable on run, then you're sweet. I think you're still good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this, uh, it basically it is all about one character trying to resurrect another character with the help of another character. And I, I, I can't really describe what happens in this issue without spoiling the main series, which I'm, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to do. No, it's good one, it's call. Very... Cause that is a genuine heartbreaking moment. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, I thought the, the new kind of updated designs of all the characters was excellent. Yep. Chris Ankle um, was like a perfect person to do this job. Definitely, and I loved um, kind of Nico, who is the the character who basically through harming herself is able to conjure like a magic wand, and then she's able to cut uh, use spells, but she can only use the same spell once and then ne- never use it again. Mm-hmm. And I loved this further exploration of her power set mm-hmm. in this issue. I thought it was it was really funny in parts. It was really tragic in parts. Yeah. I love that she conjures up a nurse at one point yeah. um, and gives the nurse x-ray goggles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's it was such a good example of showing how her powers are both, like, limited ex- but also limitless. Like, there's so much possibility, but then it's also getting so hard for her. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good um, progression of her character. Yeah, like. definitely. So, look, I, 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 I have no idea who the, who the final villain reveal is at the end. Um, I, I don't know if you do. Um, uh, but I, don't, I don't really care. I, I'm on board uh, for this oh, no, series. I, I thought this is awesome. It looks like a James Bond villain. Yeah, like, which is great. Cat. Yeah, definitely. But it looks great. The um, colors so yeah. are great. Yeah, this, this, this is my favorite um, favorite Marvel no- number one in a long while, I think. Um, and I'm, I'm not familiar with Rainbow, Rainbow Rowell either. No, me neither. Besides but... it, um, her incredible name. Yeah, I know. It's the perfect name for this series. I'm sold on definitely. that alone. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check out Runaways, provided you have read the initial series. And if you haven't, you should just go read it anyway, because it's one of the best books that Marvel ever put out and Brian Cave and one ever wrote. Agreed. And um, those are two things that have lots of good things associated with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some image. Oh, no, God, we've got another Marvel book. Yeah. God damn it, we have another Marvel book to talk about. Yeah. Uh, they've been doing a bunch of these Generations books, and uh, this week saw us do Generations the Bravest, number one, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel, um, in which Carol Danvers is. Uh, slingshotted back in time to the time where um, the original Captain Marvel um, was around and didn't have cancer. Um, this, is a, this is a character that we truly have not seen in Marvel books for a long, long while. Um, it was written by um, the current Mar- uh, Captain Marvel writer, Margaret Stoll, um, with art by Brent Schoonover and colours by Jordan Boyd. Um, and I thought this was not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm struggling to have any opinion or like anything to say about this. It was. Yeah, let- I don't know much about either of these characters. I don't really care about either of them. 
I don't like the way um, Margaret Stoll writes um, Captain Marvel, and um, I don't think she wrote Captain Marvel any better than mm. Carol. Did they have? Are they supposed to have had romance? Carol. No, I think they just. Or she was his secretary. Is that what it was? I don't know. I, I, man, I don't know. My, my Captain Marvel uh, history is is about as good as everyone else who's listening right now. <laughs> does anyone? Is anyone like? Is either iterations of the character? Is that like someone's favorite? I guess it is. It must be right. It's got to be. And like people love Captain Marvel, like the current version. Like there's the yeah. Carol core and all that stuff. So people like actively love her, but I just don't get it. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, like this this generation series is you know it is by definition completely pointless. They're just these yeah. one shots that don't really count, don't really mean anything for the future. Um, and uh, this one failed to be entertaining in any way for me. Agreed. Let's talk about something we liked instead. How okay. about that? Um, Image put out some uh, new number ones this week. Um, they both started with R. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Realm or Retcon first? Um, oh God, I didn't. I mean, I don't really care. What, what about Realm? Yeah, so Re- Realm, I guess, is the one that I'm going to stick around with for a while, even though it didn't immediately appeal to me as a, a book that is uh, something that I love. But um, Yeah, like the first... The first issue of this, I felt like they were setting up lots of mysteries, but I didn't care about any of the mysteries. Or, like, they, so, they were uh, trying to do world-building in a non-exposition-y way, but I didn't find it compelling, so I didn't care. Yeah, usually I like it when, when books do yeah. that. So it doesn't really, like... It, it kind of gives you glimpses of a bunch of different stories as a way of building the world and kind of introducing to you, you to a bunch of characters without saying every single detail about this character. But, yeah, it was called The Realm... It's written by Seth M. Peck and um, Jeremy Horn with Nick Filardi and Thomas Maurer on art. Um, and it is, uh, someone, someone described it as The Walking Dead with Orcs. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a pretty apt description, I guess. So it's, it's yeah. like a, an apocalypse situation on Earth, except instead of zombies, we get a bunch of fantasy shit. <laughs> you do not like fantasy shit. Uh, which could be a big, big part of why... Look, look, there were part, like the, the kind of uh, world gone to hell... And um, uh, we kind of follow this. The, the, I guess the main character in this is Will, who is, a, like a, I guess, a mercenary who kind of does odd jobs for different people in the world, mm-hmm. um, escort missions and that kind of thing. Um, I found the majority of his work that he was doing in this, um, in this issue pretty interesting. But then it would cut to like just like weird kind of vignettes. Um, about about what other people are doing in this world, like you know, just like killing orcs or mm. be, uh, or, or yeah, being killed by humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, yeah, I, I actually read it a second time because a lot of people in our group really really enjoyed it. This issue, um, and I was like, what did I, what was I missing? Um, we we meet a very badass kind of hunter guy who who the, who chops the the orcs teeth off and puts them on a necklace or some shit. Actually, I don't know where he puts it. Hopefully, we'll find out where he puts these teeth in the next issue. But then it ended. I realized the reason I didn't like it was it ends with that, that this main character Will has like some weird dark demon arm power. Yeah, I liked that one panel of the demon face. That was my favorite yeah, bit of the so, whole. Yeah, oh, no, the, the, the art in this is wonderful. Um, uh, you know what I did not do, Siobhan? What? Um, there is. Uh, <laughs> oh, me neither. Yeah, there is a song at the end that you can have access to, inspired by this this comic. You can hear a song called The River Divides by a band called Me Like Bees. <laughs> yep, they look scary. They look very scary. Um, yeah, it's yeah, funny. I, was, uh, I do like fantasy. Not great. 
but I guess the kind of fantasy I like is even more specific. Like, I don't really like sort of Dungeons and Dragons-y orcs and shit. I like some whimsical Neil Gaiman nonsense. So that was uh, the realm. I'm going I'm to give it a few more issues. It didn't appeal to me immediately, yeah. but... Um, I'll give it one more. I'm sure it may at some point. It's got some great cool. reviews on uh, the back. Retcon, issue one. Um, it was the other image number one that came out this week, um, and uh, it was written by Matt Nixon with uh, mm-hmm. art by to- Toby Cypress. Um, and uh, this was like a kind of... Uh, a story about a, a bunch of people that have like weird powers mm. um, trying to basically have they, have they been given these weird powers through like army training or something like that I so think, you had these I think they've been selected for the army because they have cool powers or something right so this was uh, yeah two people one of whom can like take over other people and make them do his his biddings um, and the other one I can't remember what the other one could do. This is a, this is a confusing comic. <laughs> yeah, I I was confused by this because it I thought it was setting itself self up as much more of an explicit parody of Marvel's retconning thing. Like that's that's how it was sold to me, and then it seemed like quite a fairly like regular people with powers, not even superheroes. Um, yeah, they just have thing. powers, and so yeah, this this the bulk of this issue followed like a bunch of people with powers trying to take down somebody else with powers yep. at like an AA meeting. Yeah, um, um, I liked I liked I really liked the art. I really liked the colors. I really like um, the wear bear design. That was cool. Yep, definitely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm willing to stick with this and see what it. Yeah, I, I, most most image books deserve a couple of issues before while they while they find their way mm. instead of writing things off straight away. But this, uh, yeah, this this uh, wasn't as captivating as I was hoping. Agreed. Um, would Would you like a, a, an image book that poked fun at the Marvel current state of like retconning stuff and doing number ones all the time, or would that get pretty boring pretty fast? I think it would get I think it would get boring pretty fast. But if it was like funny enough, if they had funny enough creators on it, I'll read anything. Okay. All right. Um, speaking of funny creators, Shimon, did you read DC's Harley Quinn 25th anniversary special this week? I did. She did, everybody. She held it up <laughs> to the camera as proof because uh, this, this, this is a peak example of a book that you would just not yeah, read. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm um, glad I did. Yeah, well, actually, uh, one thing I didn't read was the main part of the book, which is the Amanda Connor and uh, Jimmy Palmiotti mm-hmm. uh, story. I, uh, I, just, I, I just don't like the way they write. Um, Harley Quinn. Yeah, and I don't like that that weird Deadpool character, Red Tool. Yep, that also. Oh, is that what that is? Oh, lame. Yeah, yeah. And and he and all his speech bubbles are different, like hardware icons. It's yeah, very weird. it's really it's really annoying. I just chose um, to like kind of ignore him. <laughs> I just ignored that entire story. So good call. Um, ignoring was was key to that first part of the book, but then the rest of the book has um, contributions by Paul Dini. Um, Chip Zdarsky writes mm-hmm. a uh, writes a story with um, art by uh, Joe Quinones, who we collaborated with on Howard the Duck. Um, that was, David LaFuente yeah. shows up on art, and then um, there was another really good one. There, there was a whole bunch of like great little stories in this. For me, um, the the Chip Zdarsky Joe Quinones one was the only one that like made me understand the appeal of the the character. Sure. Um, yep. No, I agree with you there. And it looked so good. Like Joe Quinones can draw. The hell out of a Joker. 
And I really um, liked their yeah, costume absolutely. design for Harley. I really enjoyed this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, me too. Actually. Um, I didn't. I, I liked the Paul Dini um, birthday party for Harley Quinn um, story. It was just kind of it was sweet, yeah. and I loved that the payoff was that that the only reason Joker had uh, thrown a birthday party for Harley was because um, Poison Ivy had poisoned him. Yeah, and it was only going to give him the the antidote if she threw him a party. If she, he threw her a party. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the, well, the chips at Asky book is like absolutely to him just do, just on his like comedic superhero kind of shit and. Uh, it, it fit really, really well. Also, um, him making a whole bunch of Batman jokes, and yeah, that was a treat having him on this section. Also, I just noticed that on the the last page of the story, it's Chip Zdarsky dressed as Garfield being led away by Renee Montoya. <laughs> what? Oh my god, you're so right. That's so funny. <laughs> I love it. That's I would love them on a on a Harley book. I would actually on a DC read Harley book, Quinn, really, if they did that. Wow. Whoa. Huge. Um, well, I mean, need I remind you that, that Zadarsky is doing a Spider-Man book that neither of us are reading anymore. That's a great point, but it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did DC put out any more number ones this week? No, they didn't. Not that I read. But Boom put out a number one, and it was uh, Slam the Next Jam, Woo! Uh, written by Pamela Ribbon. Um, this we really enjoyed the first uh, series of Slam that uh, Boombox put out a bunch of, about a bunch of girls in a roller derby. Mm-hmm. Um, group mm-hmm. um, and uh, that had fantastic art by Veronica Fish um, and this uh, sees a new artist um, Marina Julia and colours by Marissa Louise um, join the team um, and it follows on with the same characters but it's like the second year of their roller derby and not all of them are able to be in the roller derby and um, I think Pamela Ribbon does a bunch of really great like her, her she's really great at uh, writing relationships mm-hmm. But um, I think the biggest flaw of this book that stops me from getting into it is that she is completely unable to uh, make roller derby seem in any way appealing to anyone. Like, <laughs> yeah, everyone just gets the shit beat out of them, and then they like they get so stressed about being a part of it, and they get berated by like their other team members. Like, I, I don't understand why any of them do roller derby. A, it, do, it sounds shit. Yeah, it sounds it sounds genuinely <laughs> terrible. But um. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the endorphin rush of punching other women really hard at high <laughs> speeds. That actually sounds pretty good. Um, sure. It's okay because you said yeah. <laughs> Um But I, the main thing about this is I wish that they had a recap page because I'd forgotten who everyone was and what their relationships were. And also there's not a huge amount of differentiation between a couple of characters visually. And so I was like, I don't yep, know agreed. who anyone is or what's going on. Yep. But I think yeah, that's no, I more think a problem all, I think with me. All books should have recap pages anyway. Agreed. Even just a recap paragraph. Yeah, come on, go. Um, how, long, how long would it take an editor to put that together? Minutes. Minutes. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think I need to read any more of this. Um, I, I think I'm happy just leaving it as like a, a series that I enjoyed and um, power to this book uh, uh, in, in providing more stories for people that, that enjoy the world, but I'm, I think I'm good. I think that's probably a good call. Um, from Titan this week, <laughs> uh, we got Wolfenstein oh, I, number one. See, I checked with the guys behind the camera. I was like, this is based on a video game, right? They were like, yep. And I was like, cool, I'm not reading it. Put it back on the shelf. So you've, ne- you've, never, read, you've never played a Wolfenstein game No, before? what's Wolfenstein? Uh, well, it started out as like a, like a, like, it's like one of the first first-person shooter games um, in which you are like a, a, a dude with a gun uh, in... Um, 
basically trying to take down all the Nazis who live in Ca- Castle Wolfenstein. Oh, okay. And in the first game, which was like a PC hit in the early 90s, you take down like a mech Hitler. Oh, cool. Um, so very fun. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a very fun shooter when I was, when I was a kid. Um, and uh, since then, you know, it kind of had a big, uh, big comeback courtesy of Bethesda, who are a big games company. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they brought the kind of the, the, the Nazi tone into modern day world. And then also, and I think there's also like a future kind of future Nazi vibe going on too. So half of this book is set in like present day slash the future with these big, crazy Nazis infiltrating our world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the whole book was written by Dan Waters. The first half of this book, which comes after, I just said everything should have a recap page. This has like two whole pages of recap text, and I was just like, I'm not, not mad, no way. And so I dove, dove straight into the book, and then it, the whole first half of the book is uh, has art by yeah, um, um, has art by Ronaldson Friere, Fri- Fri- mm. um, uh, and uh, that was completely unnecessary. Because like it's just this long, long setup, and we kind of meet all these characters, and then so, the only reason I stuck on it was because on the front cover it has um, Peter Kowalski's name. He was the artist on the Joe Casey image book Sex. Ah. I love his art style so much, and I was like, when is he showing up? And then suddenly, like towards the end of this exhaustingly long first story, um, a woman just goes like, "Oh, let me tell you about a story of blah 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 blah," and then it cuts back into the past. Um, and we see this, the main story is all about, like, almost like a comic book version of the first Wolfenstein game of this soldier infiltrating Castle Wolfenstein with art by Peter Kowalski. It was really, really good. I think that's all the series is going to focus on now. Um, so hopefully we don't see any of these future characters ever again. And it just it's just like straight up Castle Wolfenstein bullshit. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it another issue to confirm that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to drop it. But if it's if it's Peter Kowalski doing Castle Wolfenstein, I'm on board. Nice. Uh, and also, we there was a zero issue from Valiant, uh, Ninjak. Yep. Written by Matt Kent with art by Francis Portella and Andrew Dollhouse with a whole bunch of other art from a bunch of other artists that have worked on Ninjak over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, these zero issues from Valiant, all they kind of do is, um, you know, give you a nice little summary before a new plot, a new, a new storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like a pretty cool and, and gory story of, um, of Ninjak taking down a hit. Yep. I like this. Um, I thought that was fun. Ninjak's. Yeah, me too. Ninjak's a, he was a fucked up child though. When he made that weird. He's a fucked up child? That bit when he made like, killed all the birds and made a weird little sculpture out of their headless bodies oh yeah that was weird <laughs> <laughs> i mean we all did that i mean we've all been there <laughs> um but uh yeah this, uh, the only unfortunate thing is that um what's well, not unfortunate uh i got really excited if, like oh cool like matt kent doing this book i think he i think he's been the regular writer on ninjack for the last year or so mm-hmm. so this is actually his like farewell to ninjack oh. and then the next series is actually written by christos gage oh. who i don't like as much as matt kent but i'm going to give that series a, a shot yeah i'll give it a go um makes me want yeah, to go if, back if you're and looking read for a nice little, yeah likewise uh, if you want a little history on ninjack um definitely pick up this ninjack zero issue yeah it's good fun um did you read sheena queen of the jungle number one no I didn't. Uh, I tried. I didn't see that. Oh boy, did I try. Um, this is written by Marguerite Bennett with Christina Trujillo. Uh, Trujillo. Didn't this already and, come uh, out? Uh, that was a zero issue. Oh, this is the number oh. one. Uh, serious <laughs> issue law states that we read both. Well, 
Uh, Art was by Moritat and Dimi Macheris. Um, And uh, our biggest problem with that that zero issue written by the same writers um, was that it was so overwritten. There was so much text. Mm -hmm. It was all self-narrated. She, you know, it was all, it was so much uh, telling rather than showing. And this, this comic was very guilty of that too. So I, I didn't, I didn't make my way all the way through it and I will not be continuing. Nice. Um, were they all the number ones you read this week? That that was it. Well, I read a uh, a friend zine. <laughs> oh, cool! Um, my my friend Tommy Dasselo wrote his first comic book. Wow! Um, and he got it got it printed real nice. Yeah, it looks it's called Super Bloom, Super Bloom, and um, it is all about basically he was in he was in Thailand and Vietnam um, earlier in the year, and um, for a great deal of his um, holiday he was alone, so he would go and eat. Um, at all these great places that a certain cool friend who hosts a comic book podcast gave him a bunch of recommendations for. Sounds him. cool. Um, uh, real cool, I reckon. Um, and uh, went, went, so he would go and eat these great meals, and then he would just kind of write comics about the food he was eating and his little adventures. So it was like you know, like a twenty pager. So cute. Um, of like, like, a, like, like those great kind of diary comics. Um, with his his art's really sweet and cartoony. I, I could totally see this coming out as like a you know someone from Fantagraphics releasing this as like a a con exclusive thing. Um, uh, his little insights and descriptions of food from someone who isn't you know a foodie is just someone that likes eating. Mm. I felt I thought was really enjoyable and you know I feel like everyone when you when you are on holiday even if you if you have like a day to yourself in another country you do get quite med- meditative mm. and, and reflective. And I think he nails that 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 kind of tone, uh, really well. Cool. Um, Wait, yeah, can you, like can you all... purchase this anywhere? Yes, you can, I will, and I'll tell you where you can you can you can get it at tommydasolo.tumblr.com. Oh, That's all the all the details. And uh, if you are familiar with Tommy, um, you'll know that he is the host of uh, two other Planet Broadcasting podcasts, um, the Little Dum Dum Club, and Filthy Casuals. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, Super Bloom is the name of this comic. Um, and uh, I think Tommy did a great job with this. It's really printed, been printed really beautifully. And uh, for someone that I think he does all, the, all these illustrations digitally, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe he's, I think what he does is he, he, he I think he, he colors it all digitally. But yeah, it, look, it, look, it looks excellent. So um, well done, Tommy. Nice job. Pick it up. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to try and review a zine like every, every episode. Nice. Great call. <laughs> I've been picking up a bunch lately. So lots of fun things to talk about. Um, so those are all our number ones uh, that came out last week. Uh, if you would like to discuss them with us, you can in our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Hey, Archie, what do you think about this watch? Good. Well, did you know that this watch is a movement watch? And movement watches were founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high-quality minimalist products at revolutionary private prices. With over 1 million watches sold to customers in 160 countries all over the world, Movement Watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest-growing watch company. Please stop bumping in Matilda on the head with the microphone. That's not, that's not very good for the listeners, Archie. Oh, right. It's, well, it's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a microphone, not a hammer. Archie, how many, um, how many watches have you sold? A million? No, uh, no, 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 six. Six, six million? Yeah. Yeah, well, you're doing much better than Movement are. Um, but if you want to help Movement sell as many watches as um, Archie sells his watches, how much do you sell your watches for, Archie? Um, seven weeks. Seven Greeks. No, weeks. Oh, you, you, so you have to, 
Well, no, what, how much money do they cost? Um, eight. $8? Dollars? Yeah, that's $8. A, that's a bargain. But you know what else is a bargain? Movement watches just start at just $135 Australian. Um, at a department store, you're looking My at... My turn. Oh, your turn. Okay, you talk. So, this... <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great interlude. Um, if you go to a department store, you're looking at paying like 500 to 600 bucks. Um, but you can get 15% off of your very own, very beautiful um, movement watch. Tweeted some. I, I'm starting to think that maybe having you on board as a uh, ad co-host wasn't the best idea. How about you, Tilly? What do you think? You want to get a watch? He, he said yes. Okay, good. Uh, you can get 15% off a of movement watch today with free shipping and free returns by going to the very special URL, movement.com slash serious issues. The watch has a really clean design. Archie, you, you give me compliments about my watch all the time, right? Yes. Give me a compliment about my watch right now. Say, you look handsome, Daddy. You look handsome, Daddy. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, if you want to get a beautiful and very legitimate compliment like that, make sure you pick up a movement watch today. That's movement.com slash serious issues. Join the movement, and thank you to, so much to everyone at Movement for sponsoring this show and uh, many other shows over at Planet Broadcasting. Back to you, Levens. Um, let's roll the dice, Siobhan, uh, for Image, Marvel, and DC. Uh, I'm going to roll the dice right now. One to two means image. Uh, three to four means Marvel. And five to six means DC. And rolling the dice. And we're talking about DC first. Great. Rolling the dice. We're going to talk about Marvel second and image finally. Um, so let's talk about DC first. Kick things off. This was a, a big week book for DC. called Dark Knights. Yeah, that's right. Dark Knights Metal. Mm. Issue number two. Scott, written by Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. Jonathan Glapion and FCO Placentia um, on uh, writing and art duties. Um, so, what is going I have on a, in this uh, book? A special. Well, uh, let, let, maybe we should ask someone else to tell us what's going on in this ah, book because nice. we've got a special Patreon guest review from Tom Burton. Um, if you want to be a guest reviewer, all you have to do is sign up to the appropriate uh, support level on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash podcast, and you can contribute a review every week. And only sometimes will I forget to review you out. Sorry, Tom, and everyone that wanted to hear his review of Green Arrow last week. It won't happen again, I promise. Um, unless it does, in which case I'll apologize even harder. Then. Nice. Uh, so let's hear Tom's review of Dark Knight's Metal. He says, Metal is turning out to be quite a fun event for me. I was worried it was going to drag out the lead up, but the issue gets everything really moving. It always brings me great amounts of pleasure to watch Batman completely wreak havoc on the Justice League. The chase of them going after Bruce in this issue is loads of fun as he employs all his allies of the Bat family to help him avoid Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Arrow, and a bunch of others. Although the fun chase turns quite dark near the end with an absolutely fantastic-looking double-page spread of the dark Batman, um, comics don't usually creep me out out, out at all, but the darkness of this story is genuinely scary to me at points. I do have to say, I think Batmanium is one of the dumbest sounding names I've ever heard. That was the name of a, uh, a metal that they find, uh, which I thought was wonderful, actually. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of this issue and hopefully more baby dark side. It will be super fun if we see Batman fighting through the dark multiverse with him. Also, I thought it was really interesting to that Snyder links the origins of this event to the return of Bruce Wayne, which further makes me wonder what history of comics, if it's of DC Comics, is still canon after Rebirth. Mm. I love this issue, though, and I can't wait to read how Batman can stop this incredible dark power. Nice. Well... So, this is uh, the big, crazy event that Snyder and Gekapulu have reunited to do. Um, it is all about 
the, the, the dark side of, uh, of the DC universe and how all the different metals in, uh, in the DC universe are linked to this dark side and how Batman is like the thing that kind of anchors all these things together. Um, it is a celebration of everything in the DC universe and it just it is like this on drugs adventure that um, every page you turn and something more crazy and stupid happens with like uh, callbacks to things parts of the DC universe we haven't seen in a while it's so hilarious um, this is such a hilarious it's book absolutely ridiculous I, I really enjoy it I totally understand why this would not be for everyone because yeah. it, it is like it just beats you over the head with like DC references and like characters turning up to a hundred, mm-hmm. you know, and just being way way crazier than they are usually. Um, has Baby Darkseid yeah. appeared before ever? Were we all just supposed to accept I, that Batman has a baby version of Darkseid in a in a bag with him? Bad parenting. So the 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 final thing that Jeff Johns did with Justice League was the Darkseid War, and apparently he, he Darkseid dies and is now a baby. Because you know that's, that's, that's very what happens hilarious. When dies. That's very hilarious. <laughs> I'm on board. Uh, so he's pretty. He's a pretty cute little baby, as far as you know, totally evil babies go. Yeah. I loved when um when Superman realizes that Batman is not Batman and rather Clayface, and just punches through <laughs> Batman's heart. Yeah. The whole- like surely just saying, "Hey, I know you're Clayface," would <laughs> be way less aggressive. It's way funnier <laughs> to punch through his heart and be like, ah, "I got you, got you, everyone." Yeah, I love this. Um, I. I think Dream from the uh, from the Sandman is completely unnecessary at this point. So I'm looking forward to them using him to for you know any particular good reason. Yeah. But um, I love that the Court of Owls had 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 a big role to play in this. Uh-huh. I thought that was that was cool too. Um, and yeah, I mean all these ridiculous dark versions of Batman that we have like a. It's not. They weren't just happy just to have like. Let's just have a bunch of evil Batman. It's like this is the evil version of Batman if he was Wonder Woman. Yeah. This is the evil version of Batman if he was the Flash. So all the Justice League versions of Batman and they're evil. And then to top it all off, there's a Joker version of the Batman and Doomsday. That's right. So it's it's completely insane. I like female Aquawoman. Yes, definitely. Batman. Back Aquawoman. Back. Yeah. God. So many <laughs> levels and like the scary little Robins. Yeah, which which yeah, like which the Joker version of Batman has on like a chain, and they're like hyenas that can eat eat people. Like I don't really understand uh, what's happening in this book, but I'm enjoying it. I kind of think that's the point. It's like yeah. this big silly rock opera. Yeah, they're just like they're having so much fun. Like even just little moments, like when you realize that the, they're in the wrong tomb, and the correct name of the tomb crushes the incorrect name. That was funny. Yep, excellent. Good Very funny. Um, who knows where this event is going? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just hope it just stays as stupid as this. Same. Because uh, that's super appealing to me. Um, also through DC this week, we had um, uh, Action Comics number 987, in which the mysterious Dr. Oz's identity is finally revealed. I read this. Uh, this is this is written by Dan Jurgens, um, with art by uh, someone that we lost from um, from the new Superman, but uh, he's, he's moved over. To uh, to regular Superman in action comics, uh, Victor Bogdanovich, um, and uh, I really love his art style a lot. So it was cool to see him show up on this. Yeah, I think it um, works. I thought as an issue, this was not very good, <laughs> and I've really enjoyed this the, that, what action comics has been in the last year. Um, in fact, I think I came to like it more than Superman, mm. but uh, I thought this was a lot of setup which I guess that, that they would be ex- as it should be expected because I think a lot of people who haven't been reading action comics would have come on just for this reveal uh, because everyone 
got uh, got tricked into thinking it was going to be a Watchmen character. It's not, guys. I thought that was a bad reveal, too. I was not um, impressed by that reveal. Yeah, so uh, skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to know who Dr. Oz is. But to be honest, who cares? You just <laughs> stay listening. It's, it's Jor-El. Yeah. It is, uh, it is uh, Superman's father uh, who has mysteriously escaped uh, death when Krypton exploded. And has half uh, a... And- Oh, no, he's missing an eye. I was going to be like, he has half a robot face or something? But no, missing an eye. Yeah, one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they, they just tick a box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is like, this reminds me of like, like having an evil Captain America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh, I don't really, I don't care about this story. Yeah, yeah, I really don't. But, but at the same time, I, I like that it's not someone from The Watchmen. That is funny. I like that. Um, so, yeah. I'm not a. I'm not, I, 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 I hope that they go somewhere good with this, um, but I don't see how. Mm, agreed. Also, also, it's probably not going to be Jor El. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's probably going to be some weird clone, like like the the rocket that uh that that transported Superman to Earth decided Become to sentient. take on the form of his father. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great call. I think you should place bets. Um, Mr. Miracle, number two of 12, came out this week, written by Tom King with art by Mitch Gerrards. Um, this is all, uh, you know, a kind of vision-esque <coughs> story of featuring Kirby's creation, Mr. Miracle, that's uh, slightly more grounded um, than, uh, or considerably more grounded. Mm. Actually, in some ways, not really, though. Mm. It still is like a big, wacky space adventure, but they have real human emotions and problems alongside that. Lame. Um, it's lame? You don't like that shit? That's <laughs> no, okay. I, I, this was this was this was like comic book crack to me. There was um, this is everything I want in a comic book. Yeah, there was a lot that I really enjoyed about this. I have a, there were a couple of parts where I found Mitch. Is it Jared's or Garrett's? Or do you just Garrett's? Garrett's. I find I found his art slightly unclear. Sure. Um, and like the constant nine panel pages is um. fine i don't know i love the nine panels because it could because it the 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 pacing especially like the comedic pacing it's able to provide by sticking to that you really read it like a screenplay i really enjoy that aspect of it Mm. i guess i mean i loved it when they did it on sheriff of babylon too so i think it's you know if this is what this is how these two creators are going to work together i think that's cool i loved um all the granny goodness stuff that was yeah. Excellent. We were actually just we we're just we we're just complaining last week about how we wanted more granny goodness, yep. and then we see an incredible. I loved all the insight into how these characters were raised mm-hmm. um, on Apocalypse by Granny Goodness, and how you know she is one of the most despicable par- characters in the DC universe. But this book makes you kind of like her and feel for her mm. in a weird way. Yep. Um, so when she gets like hammered in the face by Big Big Bartha at the end, you're like, "Fuck, is she dead?" <laughs> Um, I really, really like this. Like, I think if you think back to like the vision, we weren't a hundred percent on board with all of the potentially confusing parts of that mm. book when it started. And then by the time, you know, issue five, whatever came around and things started to fit into place, we were like, Oh my God, this is a really, really amazing book. And for me to be enjoying this as much as I am now, I think, I don't know, I think this is, this is going to be a very strong 12 issues. I think you're probably right. I think I'm, um, I don't know. I don't know why it's not 100% appealing to me right at this moment, but um, I'm on board for the long haul. 
Okay. Long term. She's on board, everybody. That's as good as we're going to get. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, did you read Detective Comics this week? I did. I love Clayface. Detective Comics number 964. What's up? I love Clayface. I love this version of Clayface. Clayface is great too. Um, I thought this issue was paced very differently. It was a lot slower and a mm-hmm. bit of a chore to get through um, than the other issues. And then I realized it was co-written um, by Christopher Sabella, ah. who I think falls in the Steve Orlando, Marguerite Bennett camp mm. um, of uh, overriding things and making me not enjoy them as much. Um, but uh, James Tini in the fourth uh, was on board with this one too. And we had a new artist um, by the name of Carmen Carnero. Um, with art, with colours by the brilliantly named Ulysses Ariola. Great name. favourite name in comics. Incredible <laughs> name. And, uh, yeah, the, like, the, the, the better parts of this issue dealt with um, Clayface dealing with, you know, his, his problems that come with being an enormous man made of clay <laughs> and the fact that he's a monster. Um, but, it sounds uh, silly when you put really, it like that. Really <laughs> sort of war comics, to be honest. Um, but there's some really weird panels in this issue um could i divert your attention to uh like around page eight or nine or so um i it's like yeah page page eight where we have um uh batman suddenly appear out of nowhere um and stand between spoiler and anarchy oh my god yeah that was so weird why did that happen (laughs) like just like he just for the first he just i don't know they're talking they make out and then she like pushes Anarchy away and then all of a sudden Batman is between them. Yeah. He hasn't been in the issue until this point. Okay, cool. And then let's skip forward about eight pages um, to where um, on the left you have uh, a fight between Anarchy and Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Batman Batman says, tell me, tell her or I'll make you tell her to Anarchy. And then Anarchy says, the first victim, is that the story you want? Gladly. And then out of nowhere, it just says clonk and Batman's head is like coiling back. I don't know how, what's clonked him? <laughs> I mean, it could, it's either Anarchy's staff or Anarchy's head. 
I think. <laughs> but Anarchy's just kind of standing there looking at him. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned about how easily clonked Batman was. And then, like, Batman kicks on, and Anarchy jumps up. And so, and then they're just all standing there discussing, and Spoiler's standing there like, God, stop fighting. It's weird. Yeah, very... I don't know if that's because the writing was confusing to kind of convey into art, or I don't know. And there's like a mobile between them, like a child's mobile. Is that supposed to be lights? I don't know. Is that lying? It's lying, Rick. Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 please, if you have a theory on what clonked Batman, (laughs) was it was it Anarchy's Anarchy stick? (laughs) What is that? This has like a button on it. It's a pretty dumb weapon. (laughs) Um, Like, and 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 there's like a net in it. Like one end is a net, and the other end is electricity. It's Anarchy. Anarchy. Nets and electricity. Um, but I, ha- I do have to praise the use of the onomatopoeic word clonk. Yeah, that's good. K-L-O-N-K-K. I'm going to name this episode after that great <laughs> word. Nice. Oh, I didn't get to read. I didn't get to read many other DC books this week. I did read oh, Suicide God, Squad so issue number 25. Um, I, uh, so this is the extra-sized anniversary issue of Suicide Squad. And uh, it's finally done it. It is no longer... <laughs> interesting to me anymore wow um it is just too stupid um all of the quit everyone just quips relentlessly and uh the action is dumb and the story is really really dumb and i th- that appealed to me for for 24 issues and now i'm, I'm I've, I've, I've done it it's jumped the, the king shark <laughs> <laughs> um so i i think i'm gonna drop suicide squad Wow. Um, but hey, look, I made it 25 issues, which is more than anyone thought I would. That's really impressive. And also, I'm probably going to pick up 26, because <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, Suicide Squad showed up in two other books that I read this week. Yep. So they showed up in um, New Superman. Yep. Which has a new story arc called Equilibrium. But it, I don't... It doesn't really feel like a new story arc, because I'm pretty sure it just follows on from exactly what was happening in the last issue. Where his, yeah, like, Suicide Squad showed up at the end. Yep. And then... No, oh, I'm going to really struggle to explain what's going on in this. There's, like, his his master, uh, who's fighting, like, an evil version of himself or something, and it's to do with yin and yang. And then there's, like, a bit that references Death of Superman, and we continue to see all the weird stuff with Kong Keenan's parents. I like this book, though. Good fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. I'm, I haven't dropped this. I just didn't get around to reading it. As I said earlier, it was a massive week. Mm, it really was. Too, ma- too many books. Too many books. Um, they also Where showed else up the Suicide Squad in Teen Titans, which was a. The only right. reason I read it is because it's a Dark Knight's metal tie-in. And right. I have a lot of time. On was it essential reading? No, goodness no. But I actually quite enjoyed it. It was written by um, Benjamin Percy with art by Merca Andolfo. Good. And it's to do um, with, like, you know how that mountain thing has sprung up in Gotham because of Dark Knight's metal? Gotham's like a mountain now or something. And there's, like, these rings (laughs) around it, and it's like a labyrinth. And the outmost, outermost labyrinth is like a maze run by the Riddler. And Robin teams up with Green Arrow and Killer Croc and Harley Quinn. To get through the okay. maze, it was kind of fun. It was pretty good. <laughs> I... is, it, is, it, is it is it Titans book or a Teen Titans book? Oh, it's a Teen Titans book, but the Teen Titans only are in it for like one page, and then it's just all all Damian Wayne. 
That's so funny. I might, I, might, I might try and read this. That sounds fun and weird. Yeah, and at the, the last page, Nightwing shows up and the story is continued in Nightwing, issue 29. Um, I also didn't get around to reading uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, I did read that. Or Wonder Woman. I did. Should I read either? No, it was like Hal hallucinating his dad and talking about how great being a pilot is. It was pretty yeah. lame. Boring. Boring. At least on brand, because yeah. Hal Jordan... Is, is his character is boring. He, he sure is. It's uh. his main trait. It's, it's his superpower. <laughs> um, did you uh, read Wonder Woman? No. Um. This, is the, this, this is the final issue written by um, the Feeling Creative team before James Robinson takes over. Right. Well, that's um, how it felt. I started this and I was... Was it sorry? It felt like the last issue of a filler. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy it, um, Shea Fontana? I, I I thought she was pretty good, at, like you know, across these few issues. Yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty good and all fine. Yeah, sure I reckon she didn't have. She wasn't able to do much because. Yeah, you for know, sure. The, it's all about the the so the the, the next the next uh, issue of Wonder Woman is going to be the follow up to the Dark Side War, Part One of Children of the Gods. Fun. Sounds fun. <laughs> or not fun. We'll find out soon. Uh, so those are our DC reviews. Uh, now we're going to move over to Marvel um, for the second issue of Venomverse, written by which sounds like a uh, like a something a, a like an evil German villain would say. Mm. Venomverse, <laughs> or or it sounds like a um, like a cured meat. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a slice of Venomverse. Like venom burst. Anyway, I'll stop. That's good. Um, good, because, good venom burst. Because those jokes, banter. Those jokes are way worse, way worse than uh, this issue. But this issue was also pretty bad. Yeah. Colin Bunn, Ivan Coelho, and Matt Yaki uh, on this book, which is all about uh, a bunch of different other other world venoms teaming up against these anti venom characters. Like it's I've so just like yeah. Fuck. <laughs> This, this book is one of those ones where it's so hard to explain that by the time you've like finished explaining it, you're like, ah, what's the point? It's not that good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, should we leave it at that? I know people are enjoying it. I'm just going to say it's not for me and maybe I should just not read any more issues so I stop complaining about it. Hmm, maybe. I can understand why this would appeal to people in the same way that like a team of obscure Batman appeals to us. Alternate universe yeah, exactly. Batman. Um, but yep. seeing like a Venom version of Rocket Raccoon is not like, <laughs> I just don't care about that. <laughs> well, no, no, so the, the Venom versions of all the characters, that does appeal to me. Mm. It's the story of them having to fight like Negative a bunch of like, kind Venoms. of like, yeah. And then they take, they also take on the, what like other Marvel characters, like costumes and yeah, shit. I just don't care. I don't I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Um, Uncanny Avengers this week. Um, issue number 27, the horniest comic <laughs> that Marvel's putting out right now. It continues. The Zub. horniness continues. Yep. Um, and uh, this saw them kind of take on like a really pointless bad guy in Gravitron, um, which I thought was like funny. I don't know. Like this is like, this is a, like a, a good example where, where Venomverse is like, it's like pretty pointless, but it doesn't appeal to me. This is pointless and appeals to me. I don't, and yeah. I can't tell you like what it does. I think it just, I think it's just so fun. It really is and fun, and the like, art's really nice, and it's got that like I think real Venom, soap opera. That's right. If Venomverse didn't take itself so seriously, I'd probably enjoy it. Yeah, but uh, it, it is, it is very, very serious. 
for something so stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what do you think about um, Scarlet Witch and um, uh, what's his name, Doctor Voodoo? Just do it already, um, guys. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're real horny for each they other. They really are. And Rogue's like main power set now is just making out. <laughs> I feel like that's back to the roots of the character. I like it a lot. Hell yeah! Um, but um, everyone, uh, if you are, if you are someone that really laments the fact that Fantastic Four are nowhere to be seen in Marvel comics at the moment, uh, start reading this because uh, someone shows up at the end of this issue and says, "My name is uh, Harris Hutchley, barrister at law. I'm here to discuss the legacy of the Fantastic Four. Woo! So that's a co- that's cool. That that's gonna cool. be cool. I reckon that's gonna be fun. Yeah, and absolutely. Cool. And the next issue. And those are two things I love about comic books. <laughs> the um, teaser for the next issue says the boys are back in town and it's got Beast and Wonder, Wa- Wonder Man fighting some when have they ever been known as the boys I don't know but I'm into it alright <laughs> they look so happy they look like best friends I'm What's on that? board that's right yeah Beast and Wonder Man officially the boys <laughs> man if we get a comic from Marvel Chris called the boys like if Garth Ennis is okay with that yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, just Beast and Wonder Man just like smiling intently and punching people. That's a, that sounds like comic of the year. To yeah, me. I would read that. <laughs> um, so I mentioned it in, when we uh, did a little intro earlier. Um, there was the last issue of a very underrated series uh, that Marvel has been putting what out you were talking last about. year. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme, issue what? number twelve, written by. What's wrong? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, what a good issue. <laughs> What a good issue. I was just saying, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robbie Thompson and art by Nathan Stockman with colors by Jim Campbell. Uh, creative team just doing incredible work on this issue, which is uh, to be read entirely uh, horizontally. Mm-hmm. So you hold the, hold the comic like a calendar mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and pull, turn the pages up. Um, and uh, it was just, just, just in doing that, it was so clever and, and made, you, made the comic so much more cinematic. Yeah, absolutely. They've done so many clever things with this series in terms of how you read the physical comic, um, which makes it super worthwhile to pick up in single and just a, like an engaging, enjoyable experience to read. And it looks incredible. Definitely. The colors are so nice. Yes. Um, what I loved is that this is like, it was, it's less about Dr. Strange, but more about the legacy of, and how the Sorcerer Supreme come to be in mm-hmm. the first place. Yeah. And, and the whole thing kind of goes full circle. Um, it was a really, really fun book. It, it was, it was, charming um introduce a whole bunch of new characters that i hope we get to see again at some point um and had some good strange action yeah and absolutely like wrapped up really nicely definitely yeah it was it was a really really great book mm. um uh so i mean look i i'm i've i was i'm an hiring about uh robbie thompson as a writer um because I, I I think Silk went off off the rails um last year at some point yeah but uh, I think with this I'm now just gonna you know I'll, I'll intently follow everything he does because mm. I, I think he's he's got the goods good value uh, I'm reading Deadpool now oh yeah Deadpool issue 36 written by Jerry Duggan um with art by Matteo Lolly um and this is uh just like Deadpool because like you know if you I know you don't read it but surely you've been paying attention you know that he he got married. He has a child. He had his own like uh, team. He was an Avenger. It's been quite a ride for Deadpool these last couple of years. Mm. And uh, maybe no, I don't think any character in Marvel Universe had their world 
quite rocked as upside down as Deadpool did because uh, he basically killed Phil Coulson mm-hmm. and um, now everyone fucking hates him. His family has disowned him. Um, he is no longer an Avenger. Um, and so now he is just like going on the... like He's, he's ba- basically a, m- a mercenary again. Um, and uh, he's, you know, avoiding contact with all friends and um, it's a real real sad boy Deadpool time now. Oh, sad, um, sad boy and- Deadpool. But it's really, it's really cool. It's, it's a good book. I mean, uh, everyone said as much, and uh, I did, I did read that initial Marvel Now run, um, like the first six issues, and I was like, well, maybe this isn't for me. But uh, yeah, I keep saying I'm going to go back and read it all, and I promise you, at some point, I will. But even if I don't, I'm really enjoying where this series is now. Nice. Yeah. Um, Deadpool was also a uh, kind of main uh, character in the latest issue of Secret Warriors, which was the. Uh, the team book of uh, all inhuman characters that we weren't sure would exist after Secret Empire, uh, but it absolutely is. Um, and uh, this sees Daisy Johnson uh, finding out about the death of Phil Coulson and the fact that Deadpool did it. And so she puts a hit on herself in the hope that Deadpool will show up to kill her um, so she can kill him. But instead, Taskmaster shows up. And uh, this is a very entertaining and fun book and in a different direction to what I thought it would go in. Yep. I really enjoyed then, the then, life model decoy naked dum-dum Dugan in her shower. Because there are a couple of elements to that. There was no need for him to be nude. Yep. They just said, yep, S.H.I.E.L.D. was weird. <laughs> That's the explanation as to why he's um, anatomically correct. That was good. <laughs> but I love that this is a team book even though they're not really a team. Yeah. So it just kind of follows all their lives separately post-Secret Empire. And you know they're going to come back together at some point, but... Uh, it's really entertaining, even if they don't. Absolutely, and this includes um, great book, one of my fave um, Marvel villains, Dark Beast. Oh, yeah, except I love that people call him Dark Beast. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a weird... <laughs> He'd be like, my name's just Beast. <laughs> I'm yeah. just dark in comparison. Uh, that's right. Um, written by Matthew Rosenberg and uh, Juan and Ramirez on art. This is a great book um, and a really, really fun example of uh, Inhumans being done right. Agreed. Um, don't don't believe the hype, even though the television show may suck. Apparently, these uh, there's lots of good comics featuring humans at the moment. Um, I read something that I'm pretty sure you didn't, uh, which was the Amazing Spider-Man issue 32. Guess what, did motherfucker? I read it. I did it. I did it because I saw who the creative team. Yeah, was. there you go. I thought um, I was going to be like, and you're going to be so mad that you didn't. But then you did. Fine. <laughs> um, this was written by Dan Slott. Big whoop, I know. But the <laughs> art on this book is by Greg Smallwood who we love so much on Moon Knight. Absolutely. Uh, and Jordi Belair on Colors. And it's a one-shot that you don't know, don't need to have been reading the last you know, few years of Amazing Spider-Man at all to fully grasp. It is all about the Green Goblin, about Harry Osborn, um, sorry, Norman, Norman Osborn, Osborn um, losing his connection to the Goblin and uh, traveling to the same place that uh, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom, and Baron Mordo traveled to uh, in, in the search to get the, the, the you know, magical wisdom that he needs to reconnect with the Goblin. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. What this an was issue. such a good issue. Man, like this just, like, like every yeah. now and again, Dan Slott reminds you of why he has been writing The Amazing Spider Man for over like 10 years now. Because yeah. there's certain elements of the character in the world that he just like nails. And like, I'm so excited to see where this goes now. And this was like this was such an incredible issue just by itself. For Spider-Man fans who itself. haven't maybe read Spider-Man in a while, this was such a worthwhile issue to pick up. Such good fun. Yeah, with incredible art by Smallwood and Belay. Oh my like, goodness. They're, they're a great team. They really like, are. The, the pairing of them together is is as good to me as Declan Shalvey and Geordie Belay yep. when they do art together. Absolutely. Um, yeah, this is this is a really, really cool special issue. Um, and like if if you 
if you're a Norman Osborn fan, I was going to say if you're a Spider-Man fan, then realize he's not really even in this. But but uh, like definitely just pick this up. Um, it's a, it, it was a, it's a great issue, and it, it, maybe if you're just someone that 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 loved Slot's run mm-hmm. and then kind of fell out of love with it. Um, this will remind you why he uh, he is is so great on a Spidey book. He's good at villains. Yeah, he really is. This is an excellent, excellent issue. One of my favorites of the week. Um, you don't read Defenders, do you? No. Uh, written by uh, Brian Bendis with art by David Marquez. Um, this uh, this is really fun because they're really building up a fun little world of characters that interact with the with the Defenders, and it's kind of in line with. The Marvel shows, the the Netflix shows, but without being gross. Mm. It's like Punisher shows up for for two issues, and Diamondbacks in it as like kind of like the main big bad. But then you have like Black Cat, and something horrible happen, happens to her, which I hope doesn't actually happen. Um, and uh, you even have like little cameos from Damon Hellstrom, who I love. Um, I love Damon Hellstrom because he, he, well, he's got like a romantic background with I feel like every female character in the Marvel universe. <laughs> I didn't know he dated Jessica Jones at some point, but apparently they did. Um, We've got to add him to our list of horny Marvel characters. Definitely. Definitely a Randy boy. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Marquez on art duties on this is, is uh, reason enough to, to give it a shot. But uh, it, it is Bendis doing good Bendis, balancing a lot of characters that he's that he loves at Marvel and, um, and having a bit more of focus in a story. Um, I'm enjoying this. Nice. Um, what else from Marvel did you read? Have you stopped reading Hulk? I was going to, mm-hmm. then I saw that this picture, the front, the front cover, like I was going to keep reading it, mm. and then I saw the, the, the front cover is the Hulk clutching at a, like a donut, yeah. like, like smooshing a donut with her hands, yeah. and I was like, oh man, give up this weird foodie thing, <laughs> I hate it. No, now there's an evil Hulk cook guy, or something, I don't know, okay. it just wrapped that story arc up, that's fine. It was fine. I'm going to keep was reading. It, fine? it. No, it was okay. I thought this, this this series showed so much promise, and now I like. If I can't even like, I don't even want to like. I, I I get each issue, and it takes a lot to, for me to go. Like, okay, now it's time to read this. Like I just didn't even yeah. get around to it this week. Yeah, but. it's not. It's definitely not at the top of my list. But I'm gonna. Um, it's a new star story arc. Next issue, I'm gonna keep giving it a go. Why not? What what hope like hopeless millennial bullshit do you hope She Hulk uh, engages with? Uh, in the next next arc, um, I hope that she gets some kind of subscription box, but she doesn't like any of the things in it, <laughs> like a loot crate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she gets a, she gets a loot. There's crate. like a Hulk Hulk crate. <laughs> um, did you um, read Unbe- Unbeatable Squirrel Girl? I didn't get around to oh. it. I've got that. That's gonna be my, my bedtime reading. Yeah. I just, I mean, that's the thing. Like my review of that, I all, I, I, I know I, you know, I, I would love to praise that as often as I can, but I know my review of that is always gonna be, oh, I love this so yeah. much. It was wonderful. It's so good. But it's like, so you funny. know. There's, a, there's such a timelessness to these books that you can just read them whenever you want. Yeah, totally. Um, it and, it uh, does kind of exist like, outside yeah. of continuity. That's what makes it so good. Yeah. But man, Dinosaur Ultron is good fun. <laughs> That's so amazing. That's great. Um, is it, are they still with the, um, the Latvian exchange students? Yes, yeah, Stefan. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's good. So lots, lots of good Doom jokes? Lots of good Doom jokes. Um... Uh, yeah, like Antonio the Doombot is hilarious. Continues <laughs> to be excellent. Oh hilarious. man, I would love a, a a book called Antonio the Doombot. Yeah, ongoing. Totally. Um, um, like Erica Henderson 
like she's she's so amazing her work on squirrel girl is incredible and i don't need to say that but um in this issue doreen gets a new costume like a savage land costume so it's like a little torn up like bikini um and the way that she draws squirrel girl's body i appreciate so much because she has like a little torso like it's not sexualized she looks like a gymnast Right. And um, That's awesome. it's super fun. Like she's got abs. It looks cool. Like this is such a great this is such a great book for kids as well as everyone you know ever. Yeah, this is the book that I I, I keep all the singles of because I can't wait to read them with my kids at some point. Yeah, it's such a good introduction to comics and Marvel. Yeah, and it's just good fun. Uh, um, you know what was surprisingly excellent this week? What was Star Wars issue thirty six, written by Jason Aaron with art by Salvador Larocca. Um, as predicted when I uh, talked about it last week, this was going to be a pretty good LaRocca issue because it was all about droids and stormtroopers with very little um, bad photo reference faces because either, everyone was either a robot or had a mask on. But this entire issue was like basically about how, how, how much of a badass R2-D2 was, is. He basically goes on, on a rescue mission on his own, steals an X-Wing, and um, and boards a um, a star destroyer and takes out like squadron after squadron of of stormtroopers trying to find C three PO just by like doing like funny tricks and beeping and bopping all over the place and um, then he rescues C three PO and like the whole time he's he's doing this you know this solo mission um, that he um, embarked on ages ago it feels like uh, the whole time he's doing this mission we get this narration of uh, basically it's like. Like almost like a voiceover telling us about the the model of droid that R two D two is, um, the 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 astromech droid, um, and it kind of saying all the things that an astromech droid can can and can't do, and as it says he can't do them, R two D two is doing them. So uh, it was it was really really Cute. fun and great, and like I think this is the penultimate issue of Jason Aaron's Star Wars run, which has been patchy over the last last year, but I think every now and then had an issue that made me glad I didn't drop it. Mm. Um, and this was definitely one of them. A real a real fun one. Did you read any other Marvel books this week? Uh, nope, that was it for me. All right, let's talk about Image. Woo! Um, for just, like, let's, just, let's just gush about a bunch of books that were very, very good Yay. this week. Um, do you want to talk about Kill or Be Killed or Spy Seal first? Because uh, they were like, two of my absolute favorites this week. Um, yeah, I mean, Kill or Be Killed is consistently my favorite comic every single time it comes out and like this issue continued to like just continues it's so so good it's so different to everything else on the shelves it's so sophisticated um god i love everything about this book totally like and i just think it like no one writes a ridiculously flawed character like ed brubaker absolutely and just like Um, watching dylan's descent and like being a party to his sort of becoming this monster is so compelling Absolutely. It's crazy because Ed Brubaker wrote for Marvel for years. And, like, it's really funny to think that, you know, everyone remembers him for Captain America. Mm. But um, uh, beyond that, he didn't do that much grounded stuff. Mm. Um, like, he did, the, he did, like, a long X, um, X-Men run, yeah. um, which just seems like such a mismatch for his, for his writing style. But I remember quite enjoying it at the time. But it's crazy to me that he never did Punisher. Because this is, is definitely, crazy. like, you know, an alternate universe kind of take on the Punisher. Mm. Uh, in a way. Obviously, it's a lot more nuanced and, 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 and you know, personal than that. But, uh, yeah, this is a, a wonderful book. And mm. uh, Sean Phillips and Elizabeth Brightweiser doing beautiful, beautiful stuff on such an ugly, ugly story. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, 
and we're now like you know we we are rapidly approaching this just being a full on action comic as mm-hmm. well, which is very exciting. Yeah, it's it's like um, the the pacing of this series is so good. I look forward to rereading this um, as a whole because it's it's getting so exciting every month. And it really challenges you to to kind of root for the main character as mm. well. Like it's like you know that he sucks, but he's yeah. like yeah. That it's, moment, it's great. like when you see that he's made the decision to kill the guy at the end, whatever, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like, fine. That, I mean, it's called kill or be killed. Yeah, that you're not spoiling anyone by letting him know that a, that a guy gets killed. <laughs> but that moment was really like, oh man, like sinking in your gut kind of feel. Well, yeah, you you really we keep seeing his killer instinct just kind of take over yeah. and all these cold blooded murders happening. Absolutely, um, it's, it's 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 real gruesome. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Spy seal this week. I think I loved issue one. Yeah, fucking hell, this was like. 10 steps up this is such a good one, issue right? I think I might be like a, like I have romantic feelings about Spy Seal <laughs> I want to date Spy Seal <laughs> this is my favourite uh, this is the, such a good comic um, and that's uh, that's Siobhan's son getting very very upset <laughs> upon finding out that his mother has feelings for a Spy yeah. Seal I'm, I'm leaving his dad for a comic book <laughs> Um, this is written and drawn by Rich Tommaso. Uh, like a Tintin-esque kind of book. It's extremely explicit in its Tintin references. Um, it's about Britain's slickest secret agent, who is a seal. The Tintin references, even just in like his clothes, are extremely yep. explicit. Like the funny little curly shoes that he wears, that seems very Tintin to me. But, um, God, but, there's so um, much to enjoy. Where I love that, that Tintin was a very straight adventure book. This will suddenly just throw you a bunch of absurd stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he has like a really horny dream sequence, which I loved as well. Um, he's quite a horny dude. Yeah, he really is. There's a lot of like sexy birds. All the women seem to be birds in this. Um, but yeah, the um, the the adventure kind of action stuff, the, the sequences are so great. The car chase sequence in which his car suddenly turns into a motorbike. That panel so where it pops fun. off is like yeah. That was my panel of the week. And like even yeah, sorry, me too. I keep noticing more Tintin references, and I think. I assume that they're intentional. Like, he goes to the hotel Tapioca. There was a general Tapioca in Tintin. So on and so Oh, it's 100% re- like, you know, pur- purposeful. But it's like, it's um, so beautiful as well. Like, the, the scenery of this kind of adventure spy um, series is so good. All of, like, the clothes are so good. The colours are incredible. I, we yeah, have wonderful flat colours. It's so great. I love it. Um, I love that he gets, like, a, a secret message from a mouse who's hiding, who's, like, fully clothed, mm. but lying fake fake dead in a in a mouse trap with a letter in his mouth <laughs> yeah. and then he just kind of gets out of the mouse trap and like tells spy seal the new missions mission goals and then puts and then on he a goes, helmet then he puts it and then like goes around the corner like not even around the corner like like just outside the door and there's a little <laughs> motorbike and then flies off into the sky in his motorbike with a big pink whoosh it's so, so wonderful it's just yeah it brings up so many questions yeah. about this world like if mice are people then how are mouse traps legal to sell totally um and then there's a really like really um like up in the air kind of uh, mystery at the mm. end uh concerning our main character which i can't wait for them to address in the next issue yeah absolutely like we have an imposter on our hands mm. good uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. I will say one, one complaint. Um, there was a, uh, a backup in the first issue that was really cute about oh, yeah. a different animal, um, like a ninja or something. It was a na- an um, owl, a ninja owl. That's right. It was very cute. Um, and uh, 
there's, there's no backup material at all this issue, which was disappointing, but still it was a brilliant comic. It really was. I, I had to save I had to save Spy Seal for last because I knew it was going to be my favourite thing and that nothing would make me as happy as it did. And I was correct. Yeah, I'm so dumb. I always just... Well, I, but I, I can never... I, I never like I get on the train after picking up my comics from Kings, and then I all I want to do is read all the excite ones I'm excited for. Mm. Like, I, I never pace myself. I don't want to have a train ride reading crap comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read Black Science issue number thirty-one by Rick uh, Rick Remender, Mateus Galera, and Marino Denicio. How'd that go? Um, this is them coming back after a little hiatus and uh, just throwing everything we've seen at the series so far at our main characters. So much bananas shit. Like there's magic, there's superheroes, there's science, there's like uh, the main character has, has given away his intellect to get out of a deal. But he, in doing that, he hasn't given away his education. So he's still smart. He's just not a genius. I just think that's such a, that's such a clever kind of beat and such mm. a weird thing that yeah, um, so yeah, I, I I really really loved this uh, this this book in that like you know, you, the, the first five pages like oh wait what's going on in this comic again, and then uh, you, you you quickly catch up and it's fine. Mm. Um, I read Winnebago Graveyard number four. No, this is the mini series by Steve Niles and Alison Sampson, and um, basically about a family who uh, who stumbles upon like a cult. Um, while while driving through America in a Winnebago, um, and uh, there is a, a graveyard of, of empty Winnebagos from all the families that these these this cult have, have eaten, and there's all kinds of weird beasts. And um, I thought this is a very very simple horror comic. Um, I can understand why people m- might not enjoy it whatsoever, but I can't. It was almost like reading like a like a fable mm. or um, like you know where it's just like very tale. like you know. That's right. It's, it was a very much a cautionary tale where nothing is really learnt at the end, but you know, and people die gruesomely. And don't leave like, your phone in the car. <laughs> exactly, um, and I never will again. <laughs> um, and finally, I read uh, the second issue of Mage: The Hero Denied, the uh, Matt Wagner book, which returned um, last month. And uh, I still have not caught up on all the earlier stuff of Mage, and I think that's fine. I, I, I'm not lost at any point in this comic, which is all about. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Matchstick, the reborn Arthur Pendragon, who can uh, ignite anything he touches with the mystic power of the legendary weapon Excalibur. And um, I think what is great about this is that it's set in the nineties, mm-hmm. and because um, Matt Wagner is a you know quite of his time kind of creator, um, and I think it, I think it's set in the nineties anyway, because otherwise it, it's very weird that his kid <laughs> reads an Animorphs book and watches Rocco's Modern Life, because that's what happens in this book. <laughs> but it, it's like you know all all the fashion choices are very nineties, mm. and I think I think it, I think it suits, suits the vibe very well. Mm. Um, and there's a, an excellent uh, action scene at the very end where he ignites um, two hubcaps that he rips off a car with the power of Excalibur. Oh, that's pretty fun! Cool stuff. Cool. He wields them like two big discs. Um, Real cool stuff. Well, I read two image books that sounds like you didn't read. Uh oh. What did I forget? Redlands issue two. Oh, like, I didn't get this. It, Damn it, King's I, did, I, I, I really, I, I just, just didn't show up in my pile. Oh, wow. I would have read this immediately. Um, this would have been a sit down on the train, read it straight away. Absolutely. This is uh, written by um, Jordi Belair. Yep. With art by Vanessa Del Rey. And colours by Clayton Cowles. Or Coles? Yep. No, he's the letterer and production. Sorry. Um, this yep. was a great issue. It continues to be excellent. Oh, Jordi Belair does the colours um, as well as writing it. 
these are some complicated lead characters in terms of their like morality and motivations and I really love it. These are some spooky witches. Spooky Fantastic. Not hundred percent good witches. I like it. I like it a lot. Which is how witches should be. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to spoil it too much, but um yeah. Real good. Really enjoyed it. Okay. I also read that's, that's gonna be one that I have to steal off you. Um Sacred Creatures. Can you keep it at your house? Yeah. <laughs> um Sacred Creatures issue three. That weird one about with the giant bald cats and they're like, oh, it's the oh, Seven Deadly Sins. I forgot about that, that, that comic. How was it? Um, it's pretty hilarious. I still like it. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. We got a little bit of like um, mostly backstory to our, the lead character. Um, yep. The guy whose life has been ruined by these people coming into his life. And we learn a little bit more about the, the bad guys themselves. Um, and who this priest bro is, and it's good. It's good, silly fun. The best kind of fun. Absolutely. Um, so those are our views of Image, which leaves us with the other publishers section to get through. And uh, a couple of my favorite books this week were by other publishers. Um, and we're going to kick things off with Mech Cadet U, issue number two by Greg Pak, Takeshi Miyazawa, and Triona Farrell. Um, this is uh, a book about... A young boy um, in a world where um, every year these big, giant, sentient mechs come to Earth and choose uh, a human child to be their pilot. And um, in the first issue, um, instead of going to a like a, a, the 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 daughter of like an army general, uh, a mech chooses the young janitor. Um, and uh, it's an unbelievably sweet mm-hmm. kind of uh, ode to like. I guess, would you say it's an ode to like you know classic kind of eighties um, anime? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely you know uh, I don't I don't know that much about mech series. What's the big one? What's the really popular one? Robotech. Shinji? No, not Robotech, but similar vibe. Yeah, um, I love this. This is so so good. Yeah, it's super fun. It's really sweet. Um, I like it a lot. I like yeah. It's the a, other I feel like cadets. I, I love. As well, that's right. Uh, the, the the bully. Yeah, the bully, but also like the the kid who names his um, robot Thunder Wrecker. That's right. And is really Just anxious because. that everyone likes it. Well, that was cute. <laughs> yeah, it's really really great, and I love that. Like, even though he's fully a part of like this, you know, junior army that has mechs now, he still wears his janitorial belt. Yeah, and hat. Um, as, as a tribute to where he's come from. Yeah, it's really great. Um, and I, I I love you know Greg Pak writes a great bully. Yep. Um, has done in many superhero comics before, and I, I love the, the the bully in this is is a great character who you know a lot of depth is going to come mm-hmm. um, through with in the future. But also, what's coming through in the future is war. Yeah, this adorable little boy and his adorable robot going to go off, going to have to go into war very soon. Heavy. So what's going to happen, Siobhan? I'm scared. Death, probably. Great book. Everyone should be reading this one. It's excellent. Um, did you pick up the first issue of The Shadow that um, Cy Spurrier wrote? No, I didn't. Or are you, are I didn't. you just missing out on this one? Oh, damn, it's a real shame because you would really enjoy this. Uh, the Shadow, uh, Out Through Dynamite, written by Cy Spurrier, written with art by Dan Waters. Um, and uh, this is like about the, you know, the classic pulp hero of The Shadow um, who has been missing for years and um, potentially shows up as a Burns victim um, in, a, in a hospital ward. And... Um, it's up to his nurse to kind of help jog his memories using whatever uh, resources she has access to. It's really great. It can be really, it's really creepy. It modernizes the character really, really well by not modernizing the character, just, just its setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
Siceberia is able to do a lot of dark humor um, without it being kind of gross and off-putting. I think it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a really really great book, and um and uh, Dan Waters' art on this it suits suits the tone of the book really well too. Nice, good one, Dynamite. Um, doing, doing a good show. Did you read another Dynamite book, Sovereigns issue five? I've dropped this series oh. because I just can't make sense of it. it. It it's all over the place. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on in this issue, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like it was a really good um, sort of commentary on retconning, and then at the end of it, it looks like it's going to lead into a slightly retcon team or something, or it was explaining why these characters are different now. It was really clever. I really wow, enjoyed what a callback! It. The the retcon book that we wanted. Exactly, I was going to make that is. point, and then I forgot to. Um, but I also really <laughs> love the Doctor Spectre backup that's going across ah, all shit. these sovereigns. That's why I picked books. it up. Was, yep. All right. Cool. Because um, uh, I think we're, we're, we're going to eventually get a Doctor Spectre book. I hope And it's so. going to follow on from all these little backups. No, we are. It's oh, been cool. announced. It's coming out. Well, excellent. Good. Quite soon. Because it's great. Um, His um, housemate over... is Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster. Sorry. Not Frankenstein. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah a lot of Frankenstein going on a right A lot now. of Frankensteins happening in the comics at the moment. Um, did you read Grass Kings issue number seven? I sure By did. Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins out through Boom. The first thing I want to say about this issue is that Tyler Jenkins only gets better and better. Yes. This issue in, in particular, I guess because it was like mostly outside in the daytime. Mm-hmm. His watercolors really like literally shone yep. in, in, in the sunshine. Beautiful. Um, but this is now becoming less of a kind of like us, us, us against them um, book about the, uh, the kind of gated community versus the... Um, the outside world um, and more of a mystery murder mystery mm. but like a very old murder mystery about a serial killer who may be in the grass kingdom um, and uh, I thought it was awesome this is a great issue yeah really good fun enjoyed it a lot I mean like not fun <laughs> so it's, it's just like um, compelling and oh, I mean, com- compared to the other compared to the other issues it was fun yeah yeah. it wasn't as gruesome as, as the other ones have been um, we return to the world of ghost money uh, in issue two of ten of Ghost Money, um, Terry Smolderin and Dominic Burtail. Um, this was uh, one of my favorite books the week that the first issue came out. Mm-hmm. Um, out through Lion Forge in their Magnetic Collection imprint, um, and uh, it is there's kind of two main plots going on here. One of them is about uh, like the Lady of Dubai, who is a like someone who is she's not really a public figure, but she's a billionaire who who has kind of she's a ghost in a way she's able to travel wherever she wants and has like you know so much money at her disposal she meets somebody a, a woman who falls in love with her and, as she whisks her away to different parts of the globe mm. and we learn that she is being she's been asked to become part of like this new kind of uh, collective of powerful people in the Middle East and meanwhile while that's going on um, some Americans in like I guess the CIA um, have targeted her because um, they've flagged this organization that she's been invited to be a part of as a, t- a potential terrorist threat mm. and so we basically spend half half of half of it this issue focusing on either either group um, and then we see I how they come together series. at the end good fun yeah oh my god there is a panel a car crash panel mm-hmm. um, towards the end when a, a little bomb goes off and, the, and a car goes flying and all of the dark, all the darks, like all the black ink just completely vanishes from the page. Mm-hmm. And it's this like beautiful kind of like swirl of, of like white and purple and pink. Yep. Uh, I thought that was so, 
so effective in, in uh, kind of portraying the insanity of a, of, a, of a sudden car crash like that. Yep. Um, and this is the only comic that I'm reading that has footnotes. <laughs> but it's such a oh, like, yeah, intelligent... Totally. Like, not that having footnotes automatically automatically makes it be intelligent but it's like it's such near future sci-fi that it's making some really harsh critiques of like america's presence in the middle east and things like that um that it's very compelling and like i feel like i learn something a little bit when i read it even though it's sort of sci-fi yeah well it has has some footnotes that are based in fact and then it will have footnotes for things happening in like the year 2020 and yeah. stuff like that so that, that, that only aid the history related to this book yeah um, I thought that was really really great really cool it's really um, good so yeah man and I've, I've found out that this is not being released digitally um, so the only way to Woo. pick it up at this point um, with in this translation of it anyway is uh, is through the single issue so by all means try and track it down it's a really really cool and unique series King's and, Comics uh, get proof it. that Lion Forge <laughs> Lion Forge doing good stuff absolutely it's available at King's um, I read one more comic this week, and I will not be reading the third issue of it. It was the second issue of Dead of Winter, oh. uh, written by Kyle Starks, Gabo, and Crank. Gabo. Um, Gabo, or Gabo, oh. G-A-B-O. Oh. I feel like Gabo is two, two Bs, mm. right? I don't, know. I don't know. Gabo. Did you ever get called a Gabo in high school, Siobhan? Uh, not in high school, but in primary school, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Children are mean. Is that, yeah, that's right. It's very true. Let's raise our children to be angels. Absolutely. Um... This is a, uh, a kind of zombie comedy. That, oh. Um, yeah, it like it falls flat quite a lot in this book. I think like the, I think the jokes are actually pretty good, and the writing isn't too bad. But the art is very very simplistic, and it's based on like a card game. So like it, you know it doesn't really have much right to be that good in the first place. Mm. So well done, Dead of Winter. I read two of you, but I will not be reading anymore. Nice. You got any more for us, Shinbo? Uh, well, I read I read a trade paperback. But I will save that review for our bonus episodes. But it's called Taproot. Give us and some it's very sizzle. Um, yeah, I've got Taproot on my stack too. Yeah. My, my the stack of trades next to my next to my bed right now is uh, is so big that I could just throw a t- tablecloth over it, and it could be my second bedside table. Lovely. Well, this is about a, a queer gardener who falls in love with a ghost because he can also see ghosts. It's lovely. <laughs> it's a genuinely Beautiful. lovely, incredible. Book. Can't wait. Is that, that's out through Lion Forge as well, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think it is. Um, yeah, look forward to uh, next week where hopefully my children will not be sick and I'll be able to spend a couple more hours over at the Shinbone residence and um, and we can review some trades. Maybe my baby Patreon can listeners. throw up on you. <laughs> oh, wow. You get thrown up on today. Uh, constantly. I'm just constantly covered in yep. baby bomb. It's delightful. <laughs> hopefully we can get an on-mic chuck yeah. in the future. <laughs> that would be great. Um, thank you so much to list, for listening to Serious Issues. Um, if you want to discuss any of the comics that you uh, heard us talk about today, you can do so in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, easiest thing to do is join our Facebook group, which is now over 2,000 members, Whoa. on facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. Or you can just find our regular page, which is facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast, and drop us a line there. We are on Twitter at Serious underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CBG and at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can also send us an email, seriousissues at kingscomics.com. And again, a reminder that all of the comics that we reviewed on the show are available at King's Comics, which you can find in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street or online at kingscomics.com. Ah, Siobhan, I wish you a, a, a wonderful week of uh, ample free time <laughs> and many comics for you to read. I wish you the same and well and healthy children. 
Yeah, but my, one, one of my... Matilda is on steroids. So she's going to get <laughs> that, jacked. That to get, yeah, she's going to get way more ripped than I am right now. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.